Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Can you write this down? And you know this is so true. And this is what we have to offer people contentment and fulfillment and excitement come in. What happens when all of this happens? It's an amazing thing. Let me go back to one more thing. When God gets in our boat, let's see if I have that. When God gets in our boat, what happens? Every single thing what does what? It changes. When God gets in our boat, every single thing changes. Before we became Christ followers, we may have thought we had an idea of what being a Christian actually was. After our conversion, we realized that we didn't really have any notion of what this life with God was about. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark will be reminding us that once Jesus comes on board of the boat of our lives, everything changes. Even though many times difficulties of a kind we hadn't previously known arise, we have the peace and contentment that God has promised to those who choose to follow Him. I would encourage you to celebrate this life you now have and to share with those around you the love of Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues with his message, doing everyday life with God, nothing better. All of a sudden, Peter's understanding something, that when Jesus begins to walk, he knows because Jesus took time to pray, he's following God. And he knows where Jesus is going. He's not wasting his time. You're going to see at the end of this whole thing, every one of these stories, Jesus understands those three priorities. God first, let's take care of people, and let's use my time wisely. That's what he's doing. So watch what happens. Peter discovers that doing life with Jesus, nothing better. Let's say it together. Nothing better. There's nothing better. The world would love to know what it is, but they can't get it yet. That's why we're here. When Peter submitted to Jesus' commands, the reward exceeded his wildest expectations. To be honest, it looks like from the commentators that this group of fishermen, you'll see in a moment, had never had a day like that in their whole life. Everything is wrong for it, but God's directing it. I want you to write this down because this is where the excitement comes. Here's where the excitement comes. Nothing better. You have to expect the unexpected. When we follow God, you can expect the unexpected. God just loves to bless us. Now, really, when he blesses us, he gives good gifts to us. He wants us to enjoy those things. But as we stand here tonight and we look at our lives, understand it's not about things. 
It's about people. It's a thing that you and I have to understand. Look how Paul writes it. Now, all glory to God. God, not us, who is able through his mighty power at work within us. You just see that in the story. Where were the fish the night before? I don't know. They, he probably told them to take a vacation and come on back in the morning here. Uh, his mighty power at work with us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think. I shared with you that when we started this church 20 years ago, we had no idea. If you were here at Easter when we saw all those people come, I just broke down and lost it. I don't apologize for that. I'm still humbled. That's God. That's not man. That's not us. That's not the music. That's not the teaching. That's just God. So Peter's going to get this. See, when you follow Jesus, you're going to see in a moment, you have to be humbled because it's not about you. God hates the rest. Now watch what happens. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full, they began to sink. Because, look at me, I want you to get this. This is huge. Because Peter obeyed, his obedience affected others. Do you got it? Because of Peter's obedience, he has to ask the others to come and help him. Now we see two boats overflowing. Notice that Peter and Andrew were enjoying God's generosity. Their boat was full. So what did they do? Does Peter get out there and say to to Andrew, take a selfie of me with these fish, baby. (laughs) No. What does he do? Help! Come on over. See, when God blesses us generously, what do we do? We share it with others. That's what you guys did last week with the mothers that get abused. Way to go. That's just what it is. We're generous. You guys are generous. Now, here's what I want you to write down. When you see this statement, you'll understand the reason Jesus is teaching Peter. Our obedience influences others. It gives people an opportunity. Okay, if they can do it, I can do it. I can trust God. And it makes God look good. Now, at the end of this, Peter's not going to look good. Andrew's not going to look good. James and John aren't going to look good. Who's going to look good? God. In all of our lives, in, in everything, fish wasn't the deal. It's great. Nice to have fish. But it wasn't about, it's the lessons learned. So when you see this, it's not about us looking good. It's God looking good. Now, what happens? Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw the other boat come, now both boats are sinking. (laughs) What does he do? He fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Now, what does that mean? What dawns on Peter? You're in a boat. The boat is, you've never seen a catch of fish like this in your life. Melbourne, listen up. Here comes your friends. Their boat's full. What does Peter recognize? Who's in the boat? God is in the boat. No man could do this. Now, you say, well, 
Pastor Mark, what, what does he do? He falls on his knees and he says, what? Look what he says. He says, I'm what? I'm a sinner. What is that? It's a confession. He knew enough from the Jewish religion that God is what? Holy. And we're what? Not holy. Even after we get saved, we still sin. Amen? Sin of omission, commission. So Peter understands that Jesus is God. Only God could be responsible. Jesus the Messiah is in my boat directing my life. He has authority and power in this story over nature. So Peter saw his sin compared to Jesus' holiness, and he drops to his knees. Next thing to write down. This is what Peter was saying. God loves humility. It's all about God. You see, Proverbs 22.4 says, Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. I want you to think about this for a moment. What you see Peter do. When you see that, remember in our story, at the beginning I asked you to be Peter. Or ask you ladies to be Petra. What would you have done in that boat, standing in front of Jesus and God? What would you have done? Do you think you would have done this? How many think you would have kneeled right before God? Oh, those of you who don't have your hands raised, you're the same people that are going to say, when I get to heaven, I got this list I'm going to give Jesus. Now, I didn't understand this, and I didn't... I don't think so. When you're standing before the Almighty, guess what we're going to do? Boop! On our face. Could I hear an amen somewhere? Because why? He's holy and you're not. The longer I do this, the more humbled I am. You can't do life without God. Impossible. Where you're at tonight, if you're a Christian, God directed you right there. Look back where we've all come from. You say, well, Pastor Mark, is a pretty good person. Not. We were all dead, what? In our trespasses and sins. Now, some of you are here tonight. I can't say this to you. As a Christian, can I remind you tonight? Peter says, God's in my boat. Can I remind you tonight? God lives in you. Let's try that again. God lives in you tonight. Wherever you've been today, he's been right along with you. The movies, the driver in front of you, he heard that. He forgave you because you already asked for it, didn't you? You see, we look at this story and go, wow, Peter, well, that's a kind of a neat kind of thing. And we forget, Peter didn't have God in him yet. Later, John 20, verse 22 And Jesus does what? And the Holy Spirit came into the disciples. If you're a Christian tonight, you have God in you. Doing life with God, nothing better. He's gracious. So here's Peter. He's humble. God hates pride. Verse 9. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John. The sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners, 
Then Jesus said to Simon, now watch this, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. The verbiage means catch alive. Can you write this down? And you know this is so true. And this is what we have to offer people. Contentment and fulfillment and excitement come in. What happens when all of this happens? It's an amazing thing. Let me go back to one more thing. When God gets in our boat, let's see if I have that. When God gets in our boat, what happens? Every single thing what does what? It changes. When God gets in our boat, every single thing changes. How many remember the day it changed? It was wonderful, wasn't it? Every simple thing changes in our life. So, what is Jesus doing to Peter? He's saying, Peter, I'm encouraging you. I love your humility, but there's no reason to really fear. I'm calling you to step out and follow me. You and the other disciples are going to fulfill my mission of God. Like you, you will catch fish. No, 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 no. But when you obey my words, you're going to catch people. Let's go and fish for the souls of men and women. Now, verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on the shore. What do you think the people thought when they pulled up? This is a good fish day. And they're thinking, how did this happen? Now, the next words shock us. So I want to explain it to you. And then we're going to put the statement up that I just had up there. They pulled, they pulled their boats up on the shore and say it with me, left how much? Say what? They had a garage sale. They left everything and what? And followed him. This is where I want you to write the statement. Contentment, fulfillment, and excitement come when? When a Christ follower is all in. Are you all in tonight? You say, Pastor America, I have to go home and sell everything, put the house on sale right now and just leave? No, I'm going to explain that in a moment. Of course not. But for them, it was it. it they were done. Now, when you think about that, what did they leave behind? Come on, you're Peter. What do you think Peter's going? Say what? I've never had... Get, get the camera over here. This, we'll never see this again, and, and I'm leaving it. They left the biggest catch they've ever had. And they followed Jesus. If you follow Peter, Peter will understand this term, nothing better. Because he left all those fish, and now what were they called to do? Fish for what? Come on, men, people. On the day of Pentecost, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 2 that Peter gave his sermon, his first sermon ever. How many fish were caught that day? 3,000 fish. If you're all in, that's where the excitement comes. If you hold back and you kind of want to direct your own life, You'll never accomplish what God wants. I want to always be all in. And he said, well, Pastor Mark, what does that mean? Well, 
You remember the title for the teaching this evening? Doing everything, everyday life with Jesus is the greatest lifestyle in all the world. See, that's what they understood. He was, what was he doing when he says, forget the fish? Was he being harsh? No. He was rearranging what? Their priorities. He was saying, this is important. A lot of people will continue to do this. We have to eat fish. I eat fish, Jesus says. But he says, for you, you have a different gifting. I'm asking you to think about eternity. I'm asking you to have a different perspective in your life. He was just saying to them, Peter, James, John, Andrew, this is about God. This is about people. And the best use of your time is things that are spiritual. The rest of this really is great, but it doesn't really matter. What he was saying is, you're going to discover soon that lost people really matter to my dad, God. And so we're going after lost people. Can I say to you, lost people matter to our God tonight. They're outside these doors. And the statement I just put up there, that doing life with Jesus is the greatest lifestyle in the world, is the farthest thing from their imagination you can ever guess. We have to share that in excitement and joy with them. Now, I know I'll get emails, so I'm going to answer quick. Does God require every Christ follower to leave their home, their possessions, and jobs? Of course not. Of course not. But God requires you to put him first. Then he makes the commands. You don't make the commands. He makes the commands. And God asks us, as he did to Peter, Peter, don't be filled with fear. Because if you're filled with fear, it doesn't please God. The opposite of fear is faith. Just trust me. God wants all of us to be ready to obey no matter what. Following Jesus will require trust and obedience and an ongoing commitment. Remember, God saved us and wants us to follow him so he can make us like him and change our world. Now, what is that going to look like? Well, here at our campus, and we're not going to spend a lot of time with it because we don't have a lot of time, but I want you to see if you're new to our campus, these five core values come right out of the Bible. This is kind of what Jesus is going to do. So here's our five C's. Let's just take a look at them for a moment. All of our campuses. Number one, we already started with this one tonight. Some of you as yet have not done this. You've not committed your life to Christ. Some of you are a believer, but you've never really got into this discipleship thing. Well, you need to take the next step. You need to follow Jesus. No, it isn't selling your home or whatever. It's just saying this, God, however you want to use me, I'm all in. I'm ready to go. I want to be useful in the kingdom. I just don't want to get a piece of uh, fire insurance and go to heaven. I'm ready to be used. Now, next thing is celebrate. You, you can imagine those disciples, were they celebrating as they brought the boat in? Are you kidding me? Yeah. People are going, hey, whatever, you know. And maybe they weren't going like this when they walked away from the boat. But it wouldn't be long before they were what? I get to do life with God. This is amazing. Celebrate. When we come to church, can I remind you to bring a celebration little thing with you? You know, just celebrate. This is great getting together, isn't it? Could I hear an amen? It's just enjoyable. And you don't want to come to going to church and go, I hear this guy speaks for an hour. Is it really true? You could say, yeah, it really is true, and you really won't enjoy it, so let's go out the door. 
No, I have other people say this to me once in a while. Man, it went so fast I didn't even know it was an hour. I'm waiting. All right, here we go. Next. Did you notice what happened in our story? Can Peter and Andrew do this alone? So they do what? They call for others. You cannot do life alone. You have to have others. That's where our small groups come in, all over the place. Hang out with each other. Get here early, as we do in Melbourne. Get out there, have a coffee, have a, you know, a cappuccino, whatever, sandwich. Hang with people. Go out after the services with people. Get ready to know people. Jesus didn't do this alone. He takes 12 with him. He's our role model. Thanks for hanging together. Next, we have to communicate the good news everywhere. Our world is so confused. They have no idea what the good news is. Today, God can still forgive anyone of anything and get a brand new start. Anyone. And we're all examples of that right here. And last, you will stand before God as a Christian and give an account of how you used your time, your money, your possessions, your talent. So many of you serve. Thank you. It's a great job. See, the gift he gave you, we need. We're a body. We need you serving. That's how we function. Remember, I told you when we started this church for three years, basically, we had one part-time employee, and we were over 500 people. No buildings. We met different places all over the place. How did that happen? I remember those days. Many of you, maybe a few of you were there with us. That was good times. Because we really, is anybody going to show up and help me set up chairs? I remember those days forever. It was great. Now we just have to come in and sit in one. But see, you need to understand those gifts continue. That's how we do this thing in all of our church. So those are the things that makes it. Now, if you follow those core commitments, and you can get a little book out in the bookstore. I've written that. And actually, toward the fall, I'm going to be in India teaching those things to like thousands of Indian pastors from all over the nations of India. I'm teaching the five core values. It's one of the things that they want me to teach. It's going to be exciting. No air conditioning, but it's going to be exciting. Okay, now, remember I was telling you about that five o'clock service in the morning? I've already been assigned one. I should have shut my mouth. Okay, here we go. Now, when you understand what it means to be a disciple, your life will be transformed. But as you're doing that, what are we doing? We're influencing other people. You're a person of influence. When you come into the services and you're filled with joy and you're like you are and you're ready to worship and sing like you do and you're ready to interact like you're here, it doesn't matter who's up here because he's here. He's in the house. And that gives you a joy and that gives you an excitement. Thanks, Pastor Mark, for reminding us of the wonderful possibilities having a personal relationship with God through Jesus offers. Being able to be in a community of people that have been transformed by the Holy Spirit, just like we have been, it's amazing. Growing deeper in our walk with Jesus opens us up to a life we scarcely could have imagined. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. 
In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now that we have discovered, or maybe have been reminded, that there's nothing better than doing everyday life with God, we can spend a little time meditating on that truth. In his next teaching, Pastor Mark will be continuing in Luke chapter 5 and the ministry of Jesus to the cities of the region of Capernaum, focusing on all of the healing that he performed through the power of the Holy Spirit. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballner of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.